Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Matt Williamson back at you again here. We're rattling them off day after day here on this podcast, filling in for some folks and talking Steelers. Um, I think a lot of you have followed my work. I hope, you know, over the last 20 or so years that I've been in the media and you know, I know I'm new around here to DK, but I hope you guys know that I am not a hot take, let's spread rumors kind of guy. It just isn't my style. I'm, I, I don't care about clickbait or Twitter followers or whatnot. But this podcast is going to be a little bit like that. You know, I'm just throwing out two things that I would consider if I were the Steelers. Now, I'm not starting rumors. No one in their organization has implied that there's any truth to any of this stuff. But number one... I would consider trading Chase Claypool. And I think he's a fine player. And I think his stock is probably a little more down than it should be in terms of public perception. Because, you know, he was used just in one way. I mean, just as a deep guy down the sideline, 50-50 predetermined throws. And you look at his stats, his fantasy numbers and not that other NFL teams look at that, but his his touchdowns are greatly down from his first year. But other than that, he's basically his stats are pretty close to identical. Um, Is there some inconsistencies? Does he have work to do? Absolutely. But he's still a big, strong, fast guy that like Juju had early, early breakout success. And I think a lot of teams would be very interested in Claypool. I mean, we know his physical traits. He, as importantly, he has this year and next year on a rookie deal, which makes him a great value. He's an NFL starting wide receiver with a lot more upside to become more than just that at a very reasonable deal for two years. And then you can take it from there, do whatever you want. But contracts are a bit of the issue here. I mean, you just lock up Deontay Johnson, right? So are you really going to give another receiver just you know a small area between them in terms of how long they've been in the league another big deal you know 15 14 million dollars something like that maybe it's only 10 or 12 Uh, who's to say but um, I don't think you want that kind of money tied up in that room that isn't spaced out particularly well 
Which brings me to George Pickens because I think George Pickens is going to be a star, folks. And I think he's going to be a star now. And I'm fine paying Pickens. We're really getting ahead of ourselves. I'm fine paying Pickens top of the market money if I'm right about him being a star three years from now. But not if I already just paid Claypool. I mean, you can't have three of them under contract. So you space out Johnson and Pickens. And I've often told you guys, I expect the pecking order to be Johnson and Pickens on the outside, Claypool in, on the, the slot. It brings a different dimension to the slot that I'm excited about. And it could go a long way for Claypool's career, too. I think that's great. And by no means do I have to trade Claypool. I, and we'll bring up some teams that might be interested here. But if people called, I would listen. Um, part of that's because I think Anthony Miller would be a fine slot. That in your three receiver sets, Miller's your slot, fine. I think you'd be very in good shape with that. And then I think Austin deserves snaps too. So if, if the room's that crowded with your top five, it's hard to get all those guys on the field even though they deserve time. And of course, injuries will pop up and somebody won't play as well as you think. And things happen, I get that. And Gunnar Olszewski's going to make this team. And you could maybe even try Boykin or somebody like that that probably wouldn't have made the team. The, the receiver room is very deep. And there's only one guy making money. I think there's a future star in Pickens. I really like Miller. And uh, Austin, to me, deserves to be on the field. So the only one that kind of gets left out that you can get quality return from is Claypool. Like, Nobody's going to give you anything for Boykin or Sims. You know, you get a seventh-round pick or, you know, I, I send you a seven and that guy and you get a six back. Well, who cares? You know, Claypool, to me, might get you a second or a player or something else. And it opens the door for others. And I'm not saying he's clogging things up. Sometimes you get roster cloggers that just have to go. I don't think he's that player at all. I just think that he would be attractive. And a lot of teams could use him. Like, real quick, I'm just going to scan the league as we chat here, division by division. I think New England would be interested. That's probably the only one in the East. Maybe Buffalo, but they got a lot of receivers. You don't trade them in the division. Uh, in the South, I think the Colts would be extremely interested. He fits their mold perfectly. Um, I think Tennessee would be crazy not to be interested. Houston, maybe Probably not the Jags. Um, I don't think anyone in the West would, would be interested in the AFC West. Maybe Denver, because they just lost Tim Patrick, who's also a physical big slot type that has some Claypool-like traits. But they have enough receivers to probably overcome it. Um, you wouldn't think the Giants would be interested, but almost all their skill guys are free agents after this year or unlikely to be back with the team. Probably not, though. Dallas, to me, just screams Claypool. I mean, to me, that makes all the sense in the world. They're unbelievably light on wide receivers right now. They're in it to win it. I would understand them being very aggressive to try to get Claypool. The rest of that division probably wouldn't be interested. Atlanta, to me, is probably too far away, even though their receivers are pretty bad. They could absolutely use one. Uh, I don't think Carolina would be interested. I don't. I know Tampa and New Orleans wouldn't. Their basically rooms are full. How about the Bears? I know the Bears are terrible and are living to fight another day. And I'm not starting rumors, folks. But what if you did something like, how about we send you Bush and Claypool for Roquan Smith? Steelers could inherit that contract. The Bears might just do it. 
you know, two young guys for a, a guy that needs out, maybe you throw in a pick. Their receivers are terrible. You know, let all those young guys grow together, get the unhappy dude out of the building. Maybe. I don't think Detroit would want them. Maybe the Vikes. The Vikes are going to more three receiver sets. Thielen's up in age. I think that's a possibility. Um, Green Bay. I mean, if I'm Green Bay, I would give you a nice, something serious in return for Claypool. I mean, their receiver situation is very worrisome. He would fit in well there. I think that's a perfect fit. I don't think Arizona, probably not the Rams. They're so aggressive. Who knows? Maybe. Um, I don't think the Niners and Seattle probably wouldn't. But what? what how many teams did I come up with there? Maybe six, seven, eight. That if I knew that Claypool was attainable and I was a GM of one of those teams, I would at least call. And I want at least a second round pick in return or a young player you know, a first contract developmental tackle and a fourth or I don't know. I mean, I think you could work out compensation, but I would be very interested in entertaining, moving him at the right deal. And that might make the situation, as I explained earlier, for your wide receivers better. And you get a nice pick or asset in return. Again, I like Claypool. By no means is he a must leave type of guy. So that's my thoughts on that. I just want to throw it out there, get some responses from you guys. Again, I'm not looking for clickbait, but I think you know the way this receiver room is set up, he would be a logical guy to at least field off of. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Second half of this podcast is going to be sort of similar to the first in that we're the major, we're mostly through camp, uh, preseasons right around the corner. You got a pretty good bead on your roster, and this is a time of year the teams add the Melvin Ingrams and Trey Turners and pick up some things here and there. So I think it's a good time to bring these things up. And here's one thing I would consider is I mentioned the Claypool, you know consider trading him in the last segment. I would call J.C. Treader. Now, I understand that he is coming off an injury, and I'm certain that's the only reason he is not signed to this point. Um, I'm not a doctor. I hate talking medical. It's my least favorite thing about my job is talking anything medical because I know that I don't know. And I've been in those buildings, and I see people that do know, Or we've, you know, you scout players and you're like, boy, this knee's never going to hold up or this ankle shot, blah, blah, blah. So if he is beyond repair, J.C. Treader, then no, you don't, you're you're not interested in. But if he's going to miss six weeks, eight weeks, I'm interested. 
to signing him to a two-year deal. I have my reservations about Mason Cole in that Dale and I talked about this a lot in the offseason was they needed to sign what we often called the better version of B.J. Finney, a fourth interior offensive lineman, could play guard, could play center. And Mason Cole, I believe, is better than the centers they played with last year. But I also think Kendrick Green's going to win the left guard spot, and it and it'll become clearer and clearer that he has found his home as an upgrade at left guard. I think the center position is subpar for the Steelers right now, and I think Cole's a placeholder. I think he's a fourth interior lineman. I don't think he's the answer as your starting center. And if I can sign Treader to a two-year deal this year and next, he's 31 years old. He is. On his best day, you know, he's about an $8 million a year player. You probably get him cheaper than that now. Maybe a lot of incentives in terms of playing time, games played, all those things. When right, he's a massive upgrade over what they've been playing with at center for the last couple of years, even end of Pouncey. Now, I don't know if Treader's still at that level. It's always hard. Again, it's, it's an injury-related thing. But he is a very good movement player, which is exactly what they're looking for in these linemen. Matt Canada wants guys that can get downfield, that can run, that can change direction. They don't want fat guys, he wants athletes. And to me, that's a big reason why Kendrick Green's winning the left left guard spot when it's all said and done. Again, that's a prediction by me. But Treader fits that mold very well. He's an excellent pass blocker. That's his forte. I mean, he is a very good one-on-one center pass blocker type. Those guys don't grow on trees. You know, I mean, he doesn't consistently need guard help against quicker interior linemen. Very accomplished leader in terms of recognizing all the things that are needed at the center position, all the mental stuff. He's been around the block. Um, He's very familiar with the division. I mean, uh, he's been a longtime starter for the Browns. I mean, he knows this team. He knows the Ravens. He knows Browns. He knows the Bengals, of course. Um, there's been talk that teams like the Niners and especially the Bucks were interested and some other teams apparently have kicked the tires on them, none to be signed, which is a red flag nonetheless. I mean, I'm sure some doctors aren't certain about him, but he doesn't even have to be the opening day starter here. Again, if he would miss half the year and then he works his way into the starting lineup and then is your starter next year, it might just save you an early draft pick on a center for two years while also giving you serious leadership and experience on a very young offense. So I think he's somebody that I would consider. Um, rarely do you find guys like that that have been around. And again, I'm sure that's a red flag with the, the injury stuff. But I know that he's been injured. But he also, before being released by the Browns and they were tied up again. They had some cap issues. They saved 8.2 by letting go of him. He started 16 games five years in a row for the Browns. So (laughs) toughness, durability was a massive strength of this guy before the latest situation. And again, this might be the beginning of the end, but center really worries me and it might worry me more than tackle. And I still think there's a really good chance that next year's first round pick is on an offensive tackle. And then maybe you have Chooks and Moore fight it out for one job. And then there's a first round pick at either right or left tackle. And then all of a sudden that looks a lot better. And your third tackle looks a lot better. 
And that's why I think the Strider thing's interesting is he would be probably your best lineman immediately. Maybe James Daniels, but I would say Trader. Um, leader, tough, familiar with the division, upgrade, maybe the answer for a year or two, positive addition to all. You don't need him to play this minute. So I think this is something you could explore. And they have the cap space. They have tons of cap space. And I remember Kevin Colbert saying last year, I kind of regret, and I'm paraphrasing, he said something like, I kind of regret not adding just one more interior O-lineman. And I know they have Haas and LeGlue and some of those dudes. That's fine. I mean, their overall depth doesn't worry me. But if you could get a starter at this stage of the game, I think that's something you have to explore. And center is one of those positions where there aren't many teams in need of a starting center. I mean, there's 32 of them in the world. 25, maybe 28, I mean, teams are really happy with their guy and they're just not in the center market. You know, like if the best kicker, if there was a great kicker available right now, the Steelers wouldn't be interested because they already got their guy. I mean, it's the same as centers. So you're probably not competing with that many teams for him, which is another reason why he's probably still available. But a lot of it comes down to the injury. But he's a guy that I would absolutely look to to lock up. And it's really all I had to say about it. I just want his name linked with the Steelers a little bit. Again, no one's told me, oh, the Steelers are interested in J.C. Treader. I have no idea if they are or not. I just like to think as those around us think, as the Godfather has always taught us, that if I was in that front office, I would be in touch with that agent and I would love my doctors to get their hands on J.C. Treader. And I know when he's right, he is a massive upgrade and really what you're looking for in this scheme. So there you have it. You know, just want to throw that out there, let you know that these rosters are not finished yet. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of high quality NFL players that are currently unemployed that'll end up on teams. And he's near the top of the list. So, alrighty, everyone take care. I will be talking to you soon.